I know that even as an established congregation, dealing with COVID is has been a challenge. It's new territory. Well, for a new church planner, it, it has been more than new territory. They've a lot of them have lost their facility that they've been meeting in, and they're they're trying to scramble and figure out how do I shepherd this little flock. And they need to know that there's some other shepherds out there who just really care about them. Hello and welcome into this edition of Radio BNR. I'm your host, Chris Turner, and today we're talking church planning, but some unique church planning that relates to schools in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis in 2020. Joining us today is our TBMB church planning specialist, Lewis McMullen. Lewis, welcome in. Well, thank you, Chris. We're glad to be here. Well, these have been trying times, definitely, for churches of all types, but uh, church plants have really had a bit of an additional challenge, which is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Just talk a little bit about uh, church planting in Tennessee and uh, how that has progressed over the past couple of years. Well, we've seen an increase in church planting. the last six years in Tennessee, not only because of more church plants, but because of more churches starting churches, uh, mother churches starting churches, and we're we're seeing some healthier plants, some uh, very unique style of church plants dealing with affinity groups, people groups, uh, and we're also seeing a, an upsurge of uh, rural church planting happening. Uh, back in some of our smaller towns, as their uh, younger people are moving back, we're seeing new churches pop up in those towns. Well, that is interesting um, because generally you think about the surge towards urban church planning and and that kind of thing. But uh, you know the fact that that we are seeing new churches, uh, it sounds like there's some new opportunities out in our smaller communities. Yes, there are. Um, I'll, I'll give you one example. We have. Uh, the Menville area in the last five years, we've seen them start five new congregations, um, and they've got three other areas targeted for new churches, whereas 10 years ago, church planning was not even on their radar. Well, one of the things that um, you've always talked about about church planners is that they're entrepreneurial, a lot of self-starters, um, creative, and all those types of things, which obviously leads them to some unique places to start churches. And we've seen those in storefronts and in other types of businesses. Um, but one of the key places for churches that that is a, is a great location for them have been in schools, but right now, uh, with the COVID-19 crisis, with schools um, dismissing back in March and no schools in Tennessee really finishing out their year, uh, we're moving into the summer and then the fall, what implication first does this have for churches that have been meeting in schools? Well, a lot of them are not being able to re-enter the school until possibly fall. And in a couple of cases, uh, the planters have not even been given an idea of even going back into the fall because of uh, health concerns, sanitary concerns, sharing facilities. Um, 
we've got uh, quite a few of our planters right now who are uh, scrambling to find alternative spaces other than being on- online digital church. So at, at this point, though, they have been me- continuing to meet online like pretty much everybody else. But uh, in the meantime, they're, whereas a lot of other churches are figuring out how to get back in their building, it sounds like there there is uh, the disconnect possibly with the school system. What what are church planners being told about going back into churches, especially the summer, related to schools? Uh, they've been told that the school district still has not made a decision. Um, I've had several who have been told that it's possible that they will not be back into the schools until fall. Um, we've had a couple of counties who have sanitized their schools and they've sealed them and they will not reopen them until school reopens. Now, is that, is that a condition where the schools are trying to get the schools sanitized and prepared and they're afraid to let other people in, uh, maybe not getting, allowing other people back in until they get back in? What, what really is kind of the situation with uh, the schools related to allowing those churches back in? I think it's the a liability issue. They're looking at, we want to make sure we can tell our parents of the students that our school is clean and sanitized. No one's been in there. Uh, there's no risk. And um, they just cannot take the liability that if we let a school, if we let a church plant back into the school, are they going to be able to clean it and sanitize it as well as our uh, staff? And there has been some school districts that have actually told the planners, we've had to cut back on our uh, cleaning staff, and therefore we don't have anyone who can come in and open the school and and be there to help clean it up when you when you leave. So you you're looking at a liability issue, you're looking at a personnel issue. And again, you're just looking at a health issue all the way around. Yeah, so it sounds more like the issue really is related to a lot of uncertainty related to the whole coronavirus thing. Because schools have historically uh, been fairly welcoming the churches coming in as a viable option for a a church building. So it doesn't sound like this is an issue with a school system trying to bar a church but more out of a practical situation where they're dealing with uh, sanitizing their building and the liability. Yes. Um, most of the, I would, I would probably say about 90% of the school systems that we've dealt with here in Tennessee have been very open, been very welcoming. They, they like having church plants there, not only for extra income, but the planters, you know, they, they help the school, they help, with programs at the school, they, uh, it, it brings families to the school also. But when COVID-19 hit, it just changed the whole uh, landscape of this. Um, most of the uh, planters that I've talked with and most of the school systems I talked with, they said, we, we like the plant, we like the planter, but our uh, board or our administrative committee is we're in a new territory, just like churches are in a new territory. And we're just trying to make the best decisions for the health and safety of everyone. So that means as long as the school is closed, the, 
the church plant can't meet there. So what what are our church planters going to do? How, how you know obviously if if it's long term, certainly at least until August September. Uh, with that, they obviously have to meet over the summer, or you know if they're if they're not going to continue to do something virtual, but try and reconvene in person. And then long term, I know there's leases that and agreements that are in place with schools. Um, you know, so what what will our church planners do? Uh, we have a, about three or four of our church planners I know of that are doing drive-in services at the school facility in the parking lot. Um, I've got two church plants who are currently just meeting in a park near the school, but uh, as you know, summer's coming up and they don't know how long that viability is going to be of that or comfort and those type of things. Uh, we have several who are approaching churches in their area about sharing facilities. Um, that's been an interesting discussion along that lines because now you've got uh, a church trying to decide do we want to allow another church to come in and is sanitation and the cleanliness going to be the same and then there are some others who have just said they were, they're going to do the digital online presence until fall so when we're talking numbers like how many number how many churches are we talking about that this could possibly affect that you consider in that church planning category i know of 35 uh, right wow. now yeah so um, over the past few years, uh, you know, we talk about one of our five objectives being adding um, a thousand new churches by 2024. Um, most of those, a lot of those are, are church plants. How many church plants do we have over the, the past three years that, uh, you know, have, have probably started in a place like a school? Wow. Um I would have to say... I kind of put you on a spot on that one. But. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> last three or four years, I would probably say about 50. Um, yeah. We uh, Most of our urban church plants, they start in the school. They, they stay there quite a while. Um, I've got to actually have a... It's actually a church. It started out as a church plant that's been meeting in a school, and they've been meeting in the school for over six years now. Um, just due to the fact that property in the area where they're meeting in urban setting is in the Nashville area, they just can't afford. And yeah. so um, I would say about 50, 50, maybe 55 have started in school. Some have moved out, gotten their own places. Some have actually gone in and kind of revitalize the church as, as a plant in that church. And then the others about, like I said, about 30, 35 right now are sitting waiting to see if they can get back into a school uh, that they've been meeting in. Well, where our, where our planners have agreements with those churches, uh, do you see the, the schools being, sorry, where our planners have agreements with schools, do you see those schools being pretty flexible in the lease agreements, um, knowing that yes. they really can't let the people back in, but, you know, those people needing to go find someplace else? Yes, they've been very good. Um, I've not had any reports or I've heard of any schools that have been uh, not cooperative. They've been willing to whatever you advance lease money that's been given and it's come back 
Um, one of the things about the schools is, and, and this is something a lot of people don't understand, um, in most school districts, the school that wherever that church plant is meeting, that money goes towards payment of the custodian and goes towards uh, the school itself to help. So that's why you have a great relationship with them. There are a few districts where the money goes to the district. So having a great relationship with that principal and having that extra income, as you know, schools are always looking for extra income. So they want to have a great relationship. And so in, in a way, this is going to economically affect some of those schools too. Yeah. So as you kind of look down the road and you see all these schools or churches that have, are currently in schools, um, do you kind of see our church planners scrambling to find new locations or are they going just to continue the digital space for now? What do you see long-term for where the, where we are, especially with so many uncertainties moving towards the, the school year in the fall? I think that's going to be both. It's going to be a digital presence along with scrambling maybe for smaller space or even, um, more flexibility in space. Um, I know that uh, one of the big things that we have discussed, I've, uh, I just did a, a webinar, excuse me, a Zoom meeting with a number of our planners is trying to share facilities with churches um, to break, uh, you know, maybe one of these churches that are, are struggling, a church plant coming in and helping out, those type of things. But yeah. what I hear most of my planters saying is we, we're going to have to have a person-to-person gathering before too long. Yeah. And so they're just really just trying to figure out what that's going to look like, where we're going to do it, and how are we going to do it. And so um, right now, uh, everybody's still in some uncertainty. But at the same time, they don't want to give up the idea that, hey, I might be able to go back into the school and, and be a part of it. Yeah, so maintaining those relationships with those administrators. and um, Right. Yeah. So um, how, how have our church planners responded about just concerns with when this is over and regathering in person, their attrition rate? I know that a lot of churches, you know, are a little leery of that, that they, they'll wind up losing some people along the way. Uh, and most church plants are not huge, so every every person matters. Every person matters in every church. But um, our church planters and church plants generally start, you know, a little smaller and kind of work up. How are they feeling about concerns related to attrition due to this? Um, I, I had an interesting conversation with a planner the other day, and he said, I think my people like digital more than gathering. And he says, I'm wondering how many are going to come back. Um, now that that's just one person. Um, some of them are, are, are really do have some concerns that are, are we going to lose those people who were coming, maybe who were not members, who were not believers, but they were checking out the claims of Christ being a part of the church plant. Um, there's, I would say there's uh, maybe a 35% worry in their mind that we might lose some people. 
but they also have seen a lot of people express interest in their their online and digital. Yeah. And um, this has been interesting. Several planners are saying we're getting people from out of state and across the U.S. who are plugging into our digital. And we're also seeing people in our neighborhoods plugging into our digital. So it's given them a new prospect list per se to go and work with. So what can Tennessee Baptists or a local church uh, do on behalf of these church plants to provide support? I'm sure prayer obviously is at the top of the list, but are there other things that, that, a local church might be able to do to support a church plant in their area? Well, if, you know, if you can't uh, offer alternative worship space, offer them a time for their group to gather in your church for fellowship or uh, even share facilities or even reach out and say, Hey, um, if you want to do drive in and you don't have, you can't do it at school, do it at our facility. Um, just encourage them, um, you know, just uh, offer up whatever space you can. Um, offer to share, uh, if you're doing, if a established congregation is going to do backyard Bible clubs or do vacation Bible school, or do something with children, share it with that church plant because uh, right now they don't have the, the space or the place to do that. Um, just reach out to them. And I would say, Local pastors and local church members, just giving that church planner and his family a call and just saying, hey, we're praying for you, we're supportive, we can be here for you, um, kind of walk along because uh, they don't have a lot of that support base that an established congregation would have. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like uh, that you know, established church, if they don't know of a church plant in their area, or if they, if there is even one in their area, they could get in touch with the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board and you, and you could um, get them connected. Uh, and, you know, it really, really does sound like uh, this is not a competition between churches, but really a, a unified attempt, a cooperative attempt by churches to reach as many people in a community as possible. Yes. Definitely. There's no competition in this whatsoever. Yeah. So, uh, you know, those local church pastors um, often are the you know the guys that are pulling the trailer and unloading the chairs and getting everything set up and breaking it all down at the end and uh, usually some support from other folks in the church. But uh, just a word of encouragement uh, from an uh, established church pastor in that area and uh, maybe even a cup of coffee when we can all get back together would uh, go a long way towards uh, providing some encouragement, wouldn't it? It would definitely. And um, there's one other thing I would like to mention that several of these yeah. church plants have mentioned that people have accepted Christ digital, digitally online. They've followed up with them. Call one of these planters if they've got somebody they need to baptize. Hey, come tell them to come use your baptistry and uh, have a joint baptism service or something like that. Uh, it'll be a, a shot in the arm for your congregation and a shot in the arm for the church planner. But uh, just, you know, any way you can reach out, and just let them know that uh, you care about them. And uh, I know that even as an established congregation, dealing with COVID is, has been a challenge. It's new territory. 
Well, for a new church planner, it has been more than new territory. They've a lot of them have lost their facility that they've been meeting in, and they're they're trying to scramble and figure out how do I shepherd this little flock, and they need to know that there's some other shepherds out there who just really care about them. Actually, it sounds like it's good uh, good counsel even after we get past the whole COVID nineteen thing to really um, help build up that local congregation and encourage that pastor along his way. So. Well, Lewis, thanks for taking a few moments to just kind of unfold for us what uh, church planning in the COVID area era looks like for uh, many of our church planners across our state. And uh, so many of these are churches that have been supported uh, because churches, uh, more established churches, have given through the cooperative program and the Golden Offering for Tennessee Mission. So they do have a stake in a lot of these churches. Um, they just may not know it. So uh, right. thanks, for, thanks for sharing some, some thoughts with us on that. Thank you for listening to Radio BNR, a podcast production of The Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded at baptistandreflector.org forward slash radio BR. The ministries of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptist.org.